Hi, everybody. Welcome to Obscure Animation and this this show where every month we like to talk about a indie or lesser known animated film and uh, see what we think about it. It's a lot of fun. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hey, how's it going? Doing good. How are you? Hey, all as well. Thank you. Excited yeah. to talk with you about this yes. random movie. <laughs> it is very random. Uh, very Ralph Bashki we're talking about. We're talking about Wizards today. Uh, and, uh, and why don't you tell everybody kind of why you ended up watching this? Well, so every year, Rachel, I like to, as you know, I like to have some kind of a movie watching project. And whether it's a genre or a movie star, or, you know, or something, mm-hmm. I try to do a deep dive. And so this year I decided to do a deep dive with the 20th Century Fox movie studio. Since Disney bought Fox in... Uh, 2019 or that you know got finalized in 2019 i just thought it'd be interesting to do a history of when fox first formed in 1935 to when they were purchased by 2019 so i i did a lot of homework and i picked 100 films that i thought were representative of the studio and and it runs a wide variety of of genres and you know directors and styles and movie stars etc that re- reflect the history of the studio and then also just the time period, you know, that these films were made and, and, and released. And so in this, and I've been doing it chronologically. So I, I'm right now in, in the, in the latter half of the 1970s. And, you know, I had heard of Ralph Bashke before, and I think it was mostly hearing about Fritz the cat, you know, which I don't think I've ever seen. No. Maybe I would remember it if I had seen it, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, I just remember it was, it was very controversial because it was yeah. like the first X rated or NC 17. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you know, back in the day, I believe they, 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 they referred to it as X rating mm-hmm. of an animated film. And that just blew my mind. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. You know I mean? I'm just this little kid, but I'm like, isn't aren't animated films like you know Disney is you know Snow White and Seven Dwarfs mm-hmm. Peter Pan and all these ones that I love, but then you know as an adult I've watched his his Tolkien, mm-hmm. you know his Lord of the Rings a- adaptation and I saw I think it was called Cool Cool World. Oh yeah, uh, that that I heard, I mean it was considered one of the worst movies of the year when it came out. I had never seen it, but I know it does have kind of a cult following. Yeah. A lot of his movies. I think I saw that in the theater actually. Oh, really? (laughs) And anyway, but, but this movie called wizards popped up as I was looking again at films from 20th century Fox and I'd never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And so I did some research and sure enough, I mean, back, she, you know, produced it actually wrote, directed and produced it, but Fox released it. And and I just thought, well, this I, I'm adding this to the list. And then mm-hmm. when I came to it, I just, you know, you were nice to to humor me. I just said, you know, asked, yeah. you know, asked if you wanted to maybe talk about this for for obscure animation, just because again, I never heard of it yeah. before. I love that you do this project because I I think it's it's good to get out of our comfort zone and to watch things that you wouldn't normally watch. And I think yeah. that that's the benefit of doing these kinds of projects is they, and hopefully you find stuff that you wouldn't have normally watched. Like when we, what was the one that we, um, we in our 1989 ranking, the, the hospital, the, the, oh, yeah. 
medical student. Gross Anatomy. Yeah, Gross Anatomy. It was so good. We never and, would have. Yeah, I never yeah. would have watched that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the joy of kind of these projects. Both Absolutely. Really watching ones that like you did Sound of Music and things like the ones that you love, you know, you love. And then also then going back and, and finding ones that you haven't heard of. Like yeah, that. They're, they're obscure. And so, yeah, so it's fun to pick movies that clearly were, you know, important to the studio. Like, you know, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, The Sound of Music. You know, it's almost like you couldn't not watch that one if you're going, you know, talking about a history of 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but then just the little obscure ones like this one, you know, you know, yeah. that uh, I agree with you. I've, I've, I, I've been learning a lot. It's been a really, really fun project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've enjoyed following you on Instagram and seeing, you know, what, what you post every, every, oh, every yeah, day. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've been trying to watch a couple it's movies fun. a week with yeah. it. So, well, thank well, you. Uh, I've actually done two, technically, I've done, for Obscure Animation, I've done two Ralph Bashki films. When I first started the series, it was more of a, a edited video series, like yeah. review series. Uh, and I did... The Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Nice. Which I'm kinder on than I, I feel like most people. It's not perfect, but I can appreciate kind of the oh, yeah. style and what he was going for and some of the choices made. And I don't think it's without merit. No, I agree. And you know, ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. really to take that on. I, I, I thought it was very, very ambitious. Yeah. My friends over at the Rotoscopers, they did not like it at all. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think it's the lowest they ever scored anything, but I, I, I like it. So I had picked it for that first year when I was doing edited videos, I picked it as one of the ones. So I haven't done a podcast on it, but I have done it as obscure animation. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, it's, he has a very unique style, the rotoscoping, uh, and uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to talk about. I'd heard about this movie wizards, but I had never seen it. And it's, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's totally my jam, but I could definitely respect it as a piece of art. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. I can't say that I just love the Ralph Bashke style. Mm-hmm. And again, I think always in the back of my mind, and this probably isn't fair, but I'm thinking, Fritz the cat, you know, like this is the guy who did Fritz the cat. <laughs> now, you know, according to the font of all knowledge, also known as Wikipedia, uh, is saying that this film is notable for being his first fantasy film. Yeah. So he made this clip before the Lord of the Rings. When did Lord of the Rings come out? Do you remember the year on that, Rach? I, I mean, I can, we can look it up, but I just, I don't know off the top of my head. This, I so like- this came out in 77. I feel like it's right, uh, right around there. It seems to me like it was like 78 or 79. You yeah, know? 78, 78. Okay, so yeah, so it was just right after, right mm-hmm. after this. Mm-hmm. And clearly, I think there's some stylistic things that really, particularly with the rotoscoping, I think really fall, you know, you can tell that they're done by the same uh, studio. And I guess some of the character designs, too. But, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so yeah, his so his first fantasy film with the Lord of the Rings just following, you know, not too long uh, after. I think also it's interesting, just you know, as a historical thing, a part of this movie watching project. You know, the guy in charge of production at 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 Twentieth Century Fox, his name was Alan Ladd Jr., and he's the one who who greenlit 
um, the original Star Wars. And so he he was a bit of a risk taker, which I think, you know, at, at different times at the studio, you know, at Fox, it might not have happened, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it was interesting that, you know, again, same year the Star Wars came out, he, they also, <laughs> you know, were, were, were willing to, to release, you know, another type of fantasy film, again, very different. Mm-hmm. But but uh, still, well, yeah, the 1970s is such a weird experimental time for yeah. animation because, like you said, with with something like Fritz the Cat, there was starting to be some like more adult animation. Mm-hmm. But then we also had things like Fantastic Planet uh, was in in 1973, oh, yeah. and that's very kind of experimental and weird. I do you remember the um. White Mare one. I think that was actually 80 something. Yes, I do. It definitely has that same feel and style. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early and, 80s. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can even something like it's in 1980, I believe, or 81, but Secret of Nim we talked about. Yeah. That certainly has some of that same style. So, because the other day, our friend Jen Johans, she, she said, she was asking what people think about the 1970s. And I was like, not my favorite, probably my least favorite decade of movies. She was like, what? And I said, well, I mean, it's just not the greatest. I'm an animation girl. It's not the greatest era for animation, but I do think that it's kind of an interesting era for Mm -hmm. animation because there weren't very many Disney films at that time uh, coming out. And so everybody else, kind of the UPA ones we've talked about, uh, sort of, I think in the eighties. But I don't know, just that whole sort of uh, pre-Renaissance Disney, uh, pre-Disney Renaissance era of animation is, is, is very interesting to to look at. Yeah, I agreed. And Mm -hmm. Just from like the first frame of this movie, I was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's a lot going on in this film, a lot, and uh, it's it's only eighty minutes, but they pack a ton. Oh, of they pack a ton everything. of plot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It's> so... <laughs> yes. So basically, it's in a post-apocalyptic story. The, Which itself is weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean, especially, it seems like it must have been especially co- commentary on the times then. Uh, if you think about, you know, Vietnam War, yeah, Cold War, things like that were going on. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for Family Movie Night or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive, and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing, and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Yeah. If you think about another one, um, the um, Yellow Submarine, that would be another one. Right. That kind of has that same sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but uh, but yes, so it's a post post apocalyptic story. The humans have been turned into mutants, and there's fairies, elves, and dwarfs that have resurfaced because of the nuclear explosion. And there's this woman, Delia. She's celebrating three thousand years of peace, and she has twin wizard children. <laughs> If you can really call them boys, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's Avatar, the kind and good wizard, and Black Wolf, the evil wizard. Um, But one thing I thought was interesting is the design of both Avatar and Black Wolf. They were they are so opposite of each other. (laughs) It's very interesting. Even though they're twins, I mean, you wouldn't even know that they were related. No. And they almost look like they're from different movies. Yeah, I was going to say the same. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought was interesting too with the character designs of so many of these characters. Yeah, that they they don't look like they belong together. And again, maybe that was intentional because so because Avatar is short, and he wears kind of like a classic wizard's robe and a wizard's pointed hat. Uh, he's got this beard and you don't even, and often his eyes are covered by his hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He reminded me of a old, a Saturday morning cartoon. I used to yes. watch called David, the David, the gnome. I don't know if you ever watched that. No, but I was just gonna say, but, but he had, he had like that Saturday morning kind of aesthetic about mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the world of David, the gnome uh, was voiced by Tom Bosley. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And uh, it was a cute little I bet it was adorable. show that I used to watch in the 80s. <laughs> um, and uh, and it kind of reminded me his design and just, I don't know, everything about the character. And whereas Black Wolf was very, uh, like. It's like Skeletor or something. Yes. It, it did. It reminded me of. The Horned King in, yeah, um, in the Black, Black Cauldron. Cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. And you could feel them trying to tap into this energy in the Black Cauldron. And remember when we talked to Jim and he said that basically the fantasy had kind of dying down by then, by the yeah. time the Black Cauldron came out? Yeah. You can really see that, that because that was 1985, I think. It was, yeah, it was, the Black Cauldron came out in 85. 85, yeah. And this, you know, was... 77 mm-hmm. which i think it was maybe kind of like almost at the peak of the fantasy you know yeah type so this, of era and it was just like behind yeah the black cauldron yeah. and so you, and you can really tell with like the character designs with the backgrounds uh with the kind of weird storytelling choices i uh, that they were trying to kind of tap into this trend for yeah. black cauldron oh yeah but not successfully. But yeah, not <laughs> <successfully>. <laughs> because and maybe not as crass either. <laughs> yeah. What's going on in this movie? Well, the, that's the thing with this movie is that it does kind of keep you guessing, and it it just keeps trying all these different things. Whereas there was nothing in this movie that like actively annoyed me or irritated me, like in Black Cauldron. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm with. I, yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the scene where he they go into the world of the fairies, and there's all these like little tiny fairies that really remind me of Black Cauldron. Of Black Cauldron, oh for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where there's the king, you know, the, the fairies. Yes. And- yeah, 
because in the black cauldron, I, I was so annoyed by all that. And here it's like, oh, okay, there's, there's like now that they're with the fairy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the more palatable parts of Black Cauldron, but like Taryn is just so annoying as a character throughout. Yeah. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. The whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was just interesting to, to design two characters that were just so different. Yeah. I I can't think of another animated film that, that kind of, they just look like they're not even in the same universe to me. Yeah. Brothers. Yep. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, there was over on the Wikipedia, there was a, a quote from my, this one of the animation historians or whatever. It says, the overall effect of the animation is akin to, to that of the great anime creators. One has to keep reminding oneself that Wizards predates Miyazaki's The Castle of Cagliostro, not the other way around. The backgrounds are especially lovely, even the simplest of them. And in general, the movie has a strong visual visuals, despite occasional technical hurriedness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. true. And I, I yeah, and I think that uh, Nausicaa and Cagliostro are two more that you could kind of put into this and maybe even going as far up as Akira. I think you could put that or uh, Ghost in the Shell in the eighties. I think uh, that, that there's a lot you can see influenced by this movie. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly Rachel, those backgrounds that I think that some of them, I looked online. I think some of them were attributed to an to an animator named Ian Miller. If I'm mm-hmm. in that the wrong, the gloomy backgrounds of of Scorch. Yes, mm-hmm. that that were so detailed. Yeah, and and uh, I mean they looked like pencil sketches, but they were. I thought they were wonderful. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, just as far as their their level of detail and and this really kind of gloomy and foreboding environment that they were you know, representing or portraying uh, every one of those stood out to me, you know, when, when I, I was always happy mm-hmm. when they would, would, would go to those. Cause yeah, some of the other ones again, and I don't, I mean, it's not necessarily a criticism, but they just kind of looked like Saturday morning, you know what I mean? They just, they mm-hmm. just didn't necessarily have a lot of beauty or artistry or interest to them. But, but wow. When they did, yeah. they were something. There was another animator, Mike Plug, who okay. did the Arcadian landscapes of Montegar. Okay. In the latter part of the movie. Yes. Yeah. They were so also that, very striking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a big theme of this movie is about technology and how technology is used to enslave the masses, to control the masses, to manipulate um, you have the Holocaust particularly brought up. You have Nazi propaganda brought up, particularly in the source of films that they watch and become kind of hypnotized by. Uh, then it says the key to creating hysteria is fear. So what do you think about that, about how they executed those themes? Well, I I thought, again, the, the techniques they were using were interesting because they were actually you know, using real film footage from Nazi, from Nazi propaganda films that they Mm -hmm. were integrating into the shots. And I think I thought that that, you know, that, that, that technology is, you know, whatever that they were using, I thought that was interesting as far as, 
how did they how how they did that because they had kind of this grainy animation stuff around it and then and then the the Mm -hmm. film footage yeah i think it's kind of funny because we think back 1977 we're like what technology what did they (laughs) (laughs) you know it makes you think like what does ralph bashke think i think he's still alive is he still alive yeah he's still alive yeah, yeah like what alive. does he think now of, i know of, right uh, when technology has truly and... taken over we're back in the day it was like kind of yeah it felt like it was very nasty you know i mean just like just getting going computers and and, and all and yeah, yeah i thought that but I, so i guess the combination of you know the filmmaking techniques were interesting to me but not that they were high tech mm-hmm. but yeah so now to answer your question about the technology yeah, I mean, to make technology is kind of like the villain. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, interesting, interesting idea. And maybe he was trying to be prophetic or maybe he saw stuff that we didn't. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he was probably, I mean, clearly he's talking about pro- uh, propaganda right. um, as part of it. But you also see something like Dr. Strangelove, which would have been the decade earlier, you know, kind of commenting on nuclear war and things like that. And obviously that's also part of like technology yeah. kinda in here as well. Um, he also comments on religion. This uh, is bits and pieces of religion. There's all around you need God on your side in, in, in a war. And that's, he says, that's stupid. He says that it's only one victor and that's him. Uh, and it points to to God, and you see, like in that scene, you see fairies that are being crucified. Yeah, and uh, so lots of lots of things going on. Yeah, I mean, lots of things, lots of imagery and things that get get put in there, and mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of kind of fast edits, quick you know quick edits, but you still you still you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what didn't work as well. I didn't mind any of that that commentary it sort of suits a sci-fi kind of story like this it kind of reminds me a, a little bit of um the a world of tomorrow i had don hertzfeld yeah he i bet he's yeah. you know influenced by uh, how could he not be influenced by Bashki? right uh, but uh i didn't love the rotoscope soldiers scenes yeah those with those the red on and and on. The- i was wondering what what movie you know it was he had to use like some you know uh-huh. like Ivanhoe from nineteen fifty or something <laughs> you know or so the way you know the kind of the old fashioned you can tell there's like the head the headgear and the weapons that they had and, and however they were you know with the rotoscoping of, of all those horses and soldiers and stuff um, those those went on and on I, uh, I thought I I kind of liked some of the colored backgrounds that he'd use on them because mm-hmm. I thought you know. Like different shades of blue and different things, and it was there's a lot of texture to it, but it was uninteresting. You know, the rotoscoping stuff was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just kind of glaring. I don't know, it just got yeah. kind of I it got tired of it. out of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you think of Eleanor as a character? She obviously has this very sexy outfit. Well, I was gonna say. <laughs> and I, I. I don't know if that's also part of his sort of commentary or if he just likes that or if there was any reason for it. I didn't know if there was any reason for it. I mean, I guess, you know, the King question or the avatar questions her fidelity, right? Mm -hmm. To him. But and I think, well, okay. Yeah. When she's just like that, I guess, I guess you would, but, 
but uh you know i mean that's kind of mean to say but she does kind mm-hmm. of look it makes her look i think very promiscuous but uh it it also just made me just think of it you know this is this is ralph bashke you know this is the guy who did fritz the cat <laughs> so i i, I guess uh, i guess in a way that informed her character personally i found it unnecessary yeah i i did too because it's never really commented on it's never I mean, I guess in a way you could say that, oh, it's refreshing to have it not be commented on and just have, you know, whatever she likes to dress that way. That's whatever's. But I don't know. It 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 felt a little distracting, if I'm honest. Well, and- yeah, I, I thought so too, Rachel. And again, not having seen Fritz the Cat or some of these other mm-hmm. things, you know, my my pre-made judgment which i can't say that i'm necessarily proud of mm-hmm. because i don't feel like it's that i you know backed it's not that informed but it just seemed to be there just to be provocative but you well, know and especially the point. when she's judged as you said for being unfaithful to avatar then we the we character he is very judgmental of her yeah uh and he ends up smashing the projector so he was almost a more sort of angry character than even than Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We also get a scene where, so Avatar says that his mission is to prevent another Holocaust. Uh, and he's a peaceful person. He ends up getting struck by an arrow at one point. Uh, but he doesn't fight back. He re- refuses to fight back. Uh, but then Eleanor removes the arrow from Avatar and he seems to be okay. Uh, Avatar says, is this how you repay me? Uh, and, uh, and so, I don't know, It's it's it, it did feel a little random at times with the story. Yeah. There's the elf general. The, yes. Uh, and then black wolf attacks and he's very bloodthirsty angry and it seems to be people are almost hypnotized by this some um, nazi propaganda oh yeah that's what i you know they yeah they, they get hypnotized and i'll try not to keep it too you know <laughs> let's try to mm-hmm. say as apolitical as possible rachel but it's interesting to see how that is a real deal i mean yeah. i think i feel like we've experienced some of that in our our own country and yep. today mm-hmm. and and uh that it's you know that it's a it's it's a it's a real thing well i think the lust for power and control never goes away yeah that's always gonna be they're always gonna want to be people that that want power that want power and that and that are willing to manipulate people to mm-hmm. you know to get it yeah i remember What's this? Elder in our church, Elder Maxwell talking about George Washington and him saying that no no man had ever been given ultimate power and used it so gently before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's really true. That's a nice way to put it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, like most men and women, are, would have a hard time. You know, it's it's. I've just been watching the Lord of the Rings and. You look at the way that uh, Boromir and and uh, and Faramir and you know all these characters were tempted 
by the yeah. ring. Uh, the, and they have all these uh, good things that they want to do with the ring, but they, uh, they're they just not strong enough. Uh, mm-hmm. And it takes a truly humble character like Frodo and then Samwise to to be able to, and even they can barely do it. Even the they, bar- they can barely do it mm-hmm. themselves, yeah. 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 Uh, so I think that's that's true. And like I said, the key to creating hysteria is fear. And yeah. that's something that, you know, we've definitely seen in these last yep. last decade. Or so also, yeah, using technology. Uh, and we've certainly seen that as well when you're talking about, you know, Facebook and things like that. Mm-hmm. Propaganda. Then we have this robot that there's two of them, the robots. I forgot their names. I forgot to write them down. Yeah. What are their names? What are their names? They are, they're interesting. I think. Sean. Sean. That. See, is that right? Where's the robots? Is it Necron 99? Yes. Necron 99. And what's the name of the other? Other one. Uh, Yeah, it's not, it wasn't. Mm, I don't know the other one's name. What's wrong with me? Uh, but yeah, an Ecron 99 is the main one. It's the one they're with the most time. But Sean... Is it, P- is it Peace? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same voice actor. That's yeah, why it's, the same, it's the same. It's the same voice actor. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but it's a pretty violent character. The, these um, oh, robots. Pretty yeah. violent. They're shooting everybody. Yeah. Which was kind of shocking. Yeah. And uh, and then we have Mark Hamill in this as Sean, the King of the Mountain Fairies and Captain of the Guards. This was his film debut, and uh, it was uh, he did it around the same time that he was working on Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars! Yeah, because mm-hmm. again, released the same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of fun. He's always been. I, I guess I didn't realize that he. For some reason, I thought, oh, he started doing the voice work later after he had the accident the car accident uh but um but i guess that's not the case i guess he's doing voice work from you know yeah that is i thought the same thing i i really i didn't know i mm-hmm. to me it seems like it was the joker you know in the mm-hmm. Batman <laughs> series that, yeah where he that was like oh that's his first vo- you know, gig but no mm-hmm. started back in here in 1977 yeah so that was very interesting uh and they have this uh, in Scorch in this city of Scorch, they are just like continuously watching this propaganda, and like I said, it sort of has this this hypnotic effect over them. And then uh, Eleanor climbs into the tank and drives off, and we get this big battle that happens. That's we get a lot of the rotoscoping and everything. Uh, so it's kind of there it's it's, it is a little bit it's just a little too much i think the rotoscoping like i said it's a lot going on and you get kind of motion sickness a little bit i think yeah (laughs) yeah and that's a good way to put it yeah we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. 
You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. And Black Wolf attacks and you have this scene with Avatar challenging his brother and that's when Weehawk destroys the projector and you find out that he, I mean, he's so mad at Eleanor, but you find out that literally he, that she was getting hypnotized by this projector by Black Wolf. Yeah. Had trapped her mind. So. It's a really interesting, you know, the, that kind of that final showdown between mm-hmm. Avatar and, and, uh, I keep wanting to call him Blackhawk, but it's Black yeah, Wolf. Black I know. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> it's Black Wolf. I mean, but, it really was because, I mean, he just shoots yeah. his brother. And you would never see something like that now, in an, an even an adult animated film. I don't no. think you would ever see somebody just flat out shoot someone like that. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty jarring. But, but uh, you know... It was also just like he's got to take him out, right? That's the only mm-hmm. probably the only way they're not going to be able to 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 reconcile. It, I thought it was a very interesting. I mean, it reminded me of something just because of the gun, but it reminded me of a western. Mm-hmm. But also, but this real battle between good and evil, mm-hmm. and the evil is, as you said, is the combination of the brainwashing, but also the you know the kind of this concept of the technology, right? That's that they're letting that like takes away human agency. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, they have black wolf has killed literally millions of people by the time in this. Yeah. And so there's no, this is not Thanos here. There's no chance of redemption. There's no, yeah. And, <laughs> and so there's no like tragic backstory or anything like that. It's just, he is evil. And, and, he needs to be shot. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty intense. It is. It's intense. And again, that particular scene too uses those interesting backgrounds. You know, they were talking about the really detailed uh-huh. kind of backgrounds and avatars like on this kind of on this pedestal type thing. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah. it's, 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 it's dramatic. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you think that they're living in a post-apocalyptic world, where these, you know, these mutants and these, that so many people have, have died. So many creatures yeah. have died uh, because of selfish choices of others. Uh, so even more reason to get rid of this megalomaniac. Yeah. Black wolf. And he even taunts him there. He's not like, oh. there's not a moment where they're, they have a, like a moment between brothers. Like a he's brother just a moment. No, he's just being a jerk. Yeah. I mean, he says, I'm glad you changed your last name. You sob. Yeah, that's harsh. Horrible. (laughs) But yeah, I I, like I said, I can't think of another animated film where somebody just straight up shoots someone in the stomach like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, earlier you have Avatar getting shot with an arrow through his his side. Avatar gets, yeah, injured. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. 
and then uh, we have the mutants get defeated and uh, and then you know that's kind of our ending of the story is avatar and eleanor gets her brain back and yeah and they, and they reconcile mm-hmm. and uh it's like okay, i wrote down this film is uh, is an allegorical comment on the moral ambiguity of technology and the potentially destructive powers of, of propaganda um so i think yep. that that what they're trying to say is that technology gives us this sort of power to to connect with people to but that it also gives us this power to ruin people you know it's like this moral it's not there's not a it's not a uh, definite good or bad it's just kind of this tool that can be used for good or evil yeah which makes it dangerous Mm-hmm. I mean, I make my living off technology. Obviously, I love technology, but uh, but I can still appreciate that message. Especially, it's interesting from like I said, nineteen seventy-seven. Right. And I, and I, we we talked about some of it, but I do feel like even in live action, there were a lot of kind of films like this with you know things that Kubrick made or um, UHF or not UHF. What is it? The one with George UHF is the um. The, uh, that's the weird, weird one. what's the one um the george lucas did oh thx 1138 THX. yeah so yeah. there's like thx and uh i don't know just a lot of sort of weird sci-fi movies yeah logan's run mm-hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> there's there's a, a there was a lot of thought i guess back then probably because of the war with mm-hmm. vietnam and everything in the cold war it would kind of make you think along those lines but uh but yeah that's the movie it was a very interesting watch it really was it mm-hmm. was just it was, it was it was but again as you said like i never really got bored i mean and not that that's necessarily like the ultimate indicator but I, it just it was it was so kind of out there that i just mm-hmm. was really paying mm-hmm. attention it was mm-hmm. just the opposite of the black cauldron for yeah. me. right <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and much better characters. Yeah. Uh, so if you have seen Wizards, if you're listening, if you've seen Wizards and you have something to say, please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter. And if you have any suggestions of of obscure movies that you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, Stanford, how can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And then as Rachel was mentioning, I am documenting this 20th Century Fox deep dive on an Instagram account. It's it's at movies P-A-P, as in past and present. Mm-hmm. Yes, you also definitely check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun, and our merch store, which has hashtag Animation Junkie shirts. So definitely want to check that out. We sure appreciate that support. And uh, and uh, yeah, thanks so much. We'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Hey,